0: Let us sing that again. Boy, I I love singing that. Okay. It's okay. I have a microphone right here that's still working. Uh, He is indeed great, isn't he? I love singing that kind of thing. Just think what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. How wonderful it's going to be. Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness, for your power, your greatness, how great you are. Oh, Lord, we just praise you because you're our God. And as great as you are, as powerful, all knowledge, all knowing, always has been, always will be, everything, Lord. And yet, you love each and every person here, every one of us, Lord you died so that every one of us could celebrate your greatness and bring you glory for eternity. Oh, Lord, this morning we worship you. Thank you, Lord, for showing us you through your word and dying for us through your Son, that we may share glory with you forever and ever, Lord, and bring you glory. Praise you, Lord. Now, Lord, as we look inside your word, Lord, I pray that you speak to us, that your word, so may our hearts be poured out before you and our minds just like sponges, Lord, and take you in, and our hearts, Lord, be all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I, I spent a lot of time putting this together in the sermon, and I've read a lot of things, and I I wrote it out word for word, because I wanted you to hear just exactly what I've been thinking about and what's been impacting me all week long, so we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 3 this morning, 1 Corinthians 3, we're going to read verses 5 through 9, while you're looking that up, I want you to tell you something that's. That's, that's been on my mind and, and is on yours. In a very short time, may for some maybe a year, a day, a week, maybe some 10 years, 30 years, some even 50 years, in just the twinkling of an eye, nothing is going to matter except God. When our body where our soul is deposited while we're here in this world and when it dies all that will matter is God that's all (coughs) so are we covered in his glory Are are we smothered in these torments of darkness all around us compared to turning in a very short time all that's going to matter is the presence or absence of God. So I want to ask you this morning what does that say about the priority of God in our lives now? In case you're one of the vast majority of people who haven't stopped lately to consider your own exit from this world the moment You make that irreversible entry into eternity. I want to help you with some things to help you remember about the priority of God in our lives this morning. Now, stay with me, because this can be very depressing. Unless you know the Lord. Unless you know that He is here with us. I'll some things that are going on in our lives all around that we are swamped with all the time. And here's what... The Center for the Disease Control, did you hear that? The Centers for the Disease Control joyfully announced to the nation that the teen birth rate uh, has reached a historic low in the U.S. It's now only 24 per thousand. Wow, that's great. And just two years ago, there's a city that was leading in this charge, and it had lowered its... Um, Celebrated that in five years they had lowered the number of births in teenage mo- mothers, dropped from 64.4 per thousand to 43 per thousand. That's 225% greater than the national average and 161% better than, than the state average. Wow, kind of exciting that a city led that charge. So, how did they achieve this success? How did man get in the way and take over gods? Oh, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. How- Here's what they did. There's a manual that this city used to teach unwed teenagers how to have responsible sex. Not the sex that God intended. Oh, all the tricks to avoid getting pregnant, how to properly handle a mistake when a human life is formed in the womb. And for the boys, there's classes where they can be required to answer 60 questions. How to avoid getting a social sex partner pregnant. And now, this may... There is a shot for the boys. How exciting. And part of this curriculum encourages um, students to lower the number of partners. Mm-hmm. One writer used pamphlet in, in his public school suggests to young people, accept sex for what it is, for whatever pleasure it gives you. And it goes on to refer, are you ready for this? The old mythology of saving sex for marriage. By the way, that city is Baltimore. This is a public school manual that we pay for with our tax dollars, right? Okay. Consider this that the dismembering of thousands of tiny, well-formed babies every year is not primarily a tragic crisis uh, to save the mother's life, but it's a political football. We're, We're trying to choose between which candidates, right? please the fabric of the family that God designed for the security and nurturing of disciplined, humbled, noble righteous, intelligent young people is gone it's certainly not a safe harbor is it so again I want to ask you what does this tell us about the priority of God in our lives Is the collapse of our moral and social life connected to the almost total absence of the biblical God in our culture? You know what? Let me ask you this. How much of God do you see in uh, movies, humor, music, art, drama, sports, advertising, science, business, travel, hobbies, medicine, counseling, and yes, religion, (coughs) God is a priority. Hmm. The sheer absence of the the greatest reality in the universe we just sang about, the all-powerful God. Do you see Him in your lives all week long? You know what? I think our God is probably the most ignored, disregarded, snubbed by almost every enterprise in America. So... Is there any connection here to what's going on in our country? We're, we're becoming barbarians. Uh, you know, historians, I know there's several here in the group. Uh, this is exactly what's happened before any of them have fallen, isn't it? You know, I don't, I don't think it's just my opinion. It's, it's biblical insight, I think, that the absence of a biblical God and the center of our life that's leading to the absence of our or the fall of our civilization. And I think it's falling. Uh, you didn't really want to hear all this morbid stuff this morning did you um, you know we were talking this morning Sunday school turn on a TV commercial try to find God in any of that and yet we're bombarded by that all the time are we not all around us I'm just kind of thankful for that billboard down here that says talks about God is the only way to be safe It's so salvation I like that um but you know what? All those things that we see on TV—that's what sells. I know that. I've been involved in that industry. You know, we, we, we sell people what they want to hear and what you're going to watch. Hmm. So when I think of these things in relation to uh, to my my little life here, even this corner of Maryland, or, or before I go home to be with God forever. Um, I think I want to lead the, the kind of church or family or whatever we are. I want to lead us into a battle to fight this, this culture. You know, and there's two levels to this culture. Let me tell you what, the battle that's going on out there, there's a whole lot of casualties. And some of them are Christian. A lot of them are Christians. You know, we're in a, I think, a country that is a God-ignoring and a God-demeaning age. We left God out. And here's something. When a God-centered society, which we were at one time, when a God-centered society unravels, it destroys Thousands of protective patterns, noble assumptions about life, respectful behaviors that we taught in our school systems, and we taught our children in the past. And it falls on our offspring. The sins of the fathers. Go back and read Leviticus 26 39. It falls on the children. And when God has gone from education and home and business and art and government, Everybody pays. Even the most godly. So, look, one area that I feel obligated to confront in our culture and, and when I long for our church to confront is caring for the casualties. You know, Almost everyone appreciates this in the church, don't they? I mean, they kind of expected of the leadership in the church. I know, and for a lot of people, this this is all they can imagine that that a, a, a pastor or a church would do. And, and if that's all we're supposed to do, all we're supposed to do, it's not a small calling, folks. It would be a huge task beyond the power of any single group or or, or humans. But let me tell you what I'm bound by my conscience, and I believe by the word of of God to. to uh, Confront the life of all of our culture, even if it only comes from this little corner here in Maryland. In a whole different area. My vision of what we should be as a church includes the other battle, too. Now, look, let me listen. I can imagine that someone will say, oh, amen. Let's, let's not cope with the casualties of, of pornography. Let's go out and let's just kill a part and all pornography. Or, or I agree, let, let's, stop, let's go out and let's, let's stop this abortion thing, this, this murdering of babies. And, and it, you know what? That's a battle that I would say, Amen, let's go out and let's eliminate it. But you know what? I'm talking about is going to the root of the rotten tree and to find the worm. The, the, the disease that's rotting. Our whole society. You go back up of the river, back up the bay, of the find the polluted river and find out what's really polluting everything. Go to the very core of it, to the head of it, and you know what, what's really bringing on all this this flood of drug addiction and homosexuality or, or, or alcoholism or whatever we have that we say that we're is, is our problem in life. Um, we're spending all of our effort to treat the results like, like depression and, and unfaithfulness and divorce and abuse and eating disorders and insecurity and bitterness and power grabbing and everything else that's going all around us and, and the treatment may take care of some of the symptoms or maybe even the sickness for now but we need to go to the source of the disease folks that's sin itself I believe the root of the rotten tree and the diseased worm and the source of pollution is the disregard of God. We've left him out. We separated ourselves from God and you know what that's called? Sin. We need to go back to the biblical God. You know what? We see it all around us, all this disregard. Um, You know, it may be hostile in the form of atheism or Islam or some maybe some, some move, movement that's hostile to God. And it, it may be in, in the wimpy form of, of what I call of secular relativism. You know, you got your God, I got my Zen, just leave me alone and we'll all live together, right? It does not work that way. It may be a naive form of Bible-believing Christians who claim to know God but absorb their values, their moral and social values from TV. The absence of a radical God-centered is the root of all of our problems. We have to be radical in being biblical, in showing people the biblical God Anybody here afraid of this book? Hmm. We were talking this morning in, in, the, in our Sunday school class, our, our meeting about you know how do we how do we fight all this? It, it, it's constant. Anybody here not living under a barrage of unbiblical information? We are. How do we fight that? How do we do that? You know what? Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you watch, whatever you read, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Amen. That's how we do, and that's how we are to think. <clears throat> you know, I'm talking about something deeper than just a dysfunctional family in the church, at home, or whatever. You know, how did they get that way? How did that happen? What is it in our souls and in in our culture that breeds this kind of family? And where does it come from? It comes from the ignorance of God and His Word and the rebellion against the biblical God of grace and glory. It comes from putting man where God belongs. Whoa, where have I read that before? Man thinking that he could do it in the place of God. Seems like that started back in Genesis, didn't it? And we're still doing it. That's the point of the first chapters of the Bible. And you know what? That's the point of the whole Bible thereafter. All the way to Revelation. God's in control. It's God who made us. It's God who made everything here. We are made for His glory. He tells us that all the way through His Word. We kind of ignore that, don't we? You know what? On one hand, we need to expose the Word to help the casualties, which is most of us from week to week, is it not? You know, we need we need to come here just to survive another week of faith, right? Hmm. To feel hope in God, to believe in God. You know, I hope you're doing that every day myself. That's what we teach and that's what we preach you walk with Him and everything that you do. But on the other hand, we have this great burden, I believe, to provide a, a vision of God that for almost all of us who are being attacked by the secular air we breathe, 168 hours a week, we need to feel the burden to cry out with a warning, a warning against how much of the God-ignoring world we evangelicals absorb without even knowing it. And I know that our cry is the biblical truth the great need of our culture can be taken by the casualties to mean simply that we just believe in the sovereignty of God that's not enough it'd be great if all that would go away by just believing that wouldn't it the truth is that if enough of us together I'm talking about families husbands, wives, fathers mothers, kids Workers, wherever you are, together, if everybody were to join and would begin to shape their lives by God's word, by the God that lives in us, I think everything would change dramatically. I believe that. You know what? And I think that's, if we did that, we'd find that the worm. That's at the root of all this, that caused all this decay. I think, you know, using my, I've moved a lot of looms and weaving stuff here this last week, but I think we're here to re, reweave the fabric in our culture. And we do that with God's Word. It needs to be rebuilt. We need to start from the bottom and, and go up always. You know what? I want us to look at today's text. And we're not going to work through a detailed exposition of every part. You know I love to do that. I'm sorry. But we're not going to do that this morning. We're going to just see how the same situation. Did you hear me? The same situation was going on in Corinth 2,000 years ago. Man was trying to do God's work and said, oh, I got this one, God. Don't need you. So he came up with his own ideas. Hmm, sound familiar? Yeah. I want you to see how this 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 word that Paul wrote to the Corinth, church of Corinth, the same place we are, how he wrote 2,000 years ago and how we can apply it today. Read with me. I'm gonna be I'm gonna start 1 Corinthians 3 5 through 9. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as the people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk not solid food for you are not ready for it and even now you are not ready for you are still of the flesh for while there is jealousy while there is jealousy and strife among you are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way for one says I follow Paul and another says I follow (laughs) Apollos are you not being merely human what then is Apollos what is Paul In verses 3 and 4, Paul pointed out that the Corinthians were acting like people of the world, people who valued their earthly things above the heavenly treasures given by God. People with the Holy Spirit, people without God. Hmm. Verse 3, there's jealousy and strife, specifically verse 4, are boasting in their teachers. Did you hear that? I belong to Paul. Oh, I'm, I'm following this denomination. I'm following that denomination. Oh, yeah, oh, you're following that denomination. You're following Apollos. So what, what does Paul say? causes jealousy and strife and, and this boasting and this bragging. That's what verses 5 and 9 are all about. They were putting man where God belongs. Did you get that? They failed to see God's sovereignty. God's the one in charge. He's the one we go to. He's the one we follow. It's His Word. So what Paul does is it puts man in his lowly place and he puts God in his exalted place. So Paul explains by looking at himself and Apollos and God. Look at verse 5. What then is Apollos? What is Paul's? Paul servants not owners not masters not the priest or the pope or the elder or the whatever they're just servants so who goes with, you know if the mailman or excuse me I blew that one if you get a love letter in the mail do you fall in love with the mailman hmm or, or if you got maybe you got your love letter on the internet are you in love with Google? No. God is the one who sent us this love letter. It's He's the one we should be in love with. Not the preacher, not the denomination, not the anything. You get it? We love God. Why? Because He sent His Son who died for us so that we could be with Him forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So we're in love with God. We talked about that this morning at Sun School too, didn't we? You guys need to come to the Sun School. It's really good. So, we are servants. God is the owner. Got all that? We have the ministry by the mercy of God. He's the one that gave all of us a ministry. Everybody here has a ministry for God. The one we love. We have something to do for Him. Every one of us. So, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servant through whom you believed. God is the one to be treasured. Not Paul. Not Apollos. Not anybody that you're listening to on the radio or speaking or anything. It's God. Hear his word and love him. God is the object of your faith. Not us. That's what Paul's saying. We only point to him. So we got any pointers here? Yeah, okay. Within his pause was Paul, servant for whom you believed. It may mean God gave, gave each of us a servant role, or it may mean that He gave each of us fruit of His labor. It, I don't think it, I think both are true, but don't boast in man; boast in the one who's the real mover and the shaker, and that would be God. Uh, we didn't make ourselves servants for you, or make you comforts; God did. You know, think about that. And you can't every one of us has a testimony about when we first came to Christ. You know, and you think about oh, you go back and you think about the revival, or you think about the the preacher, or you think about you know what? Think about God. It was the Holy Spirit that drew you to him. It was God reading God's word that that taught you all about him, right? Teach you about all of his love and his magnificent power and everything he has to be glorified for. Mm, It's him. It's not the it's not the preacher, it's not the Not the event, it's God. Look at verse 6. I planted all water, but God gave the growth. Hmm. In other words, this unique, sovereign, life-giving authority and and power of God puts in us, is so far above us that we're nothing. God does the growth. Verse 7. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth what does he mean there on anything wait a minute you know what God put us here right that makes us something right doesn't it mm, of course it does in, in Paul I don't think he's demeaning his calling here at all he's not talking it down but What we need to learn from this here is how do we talk about our worth that God's put in us and his worth you know what the only worth we have is what he gives us right Today, all, almost all the logic goes in one direction. You know, in, in churches, since, since God stoops to use me, I must really be something, right? Wow. I'm important to him. But you know what? Paul thought just the opposite. Let me read you something from First Corinthians 1. Because he said, but God chooses what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is now and despised in the world even though, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human might boast in the presence of God. Hmm. You might be saying in the world oh God chose to use me so I must be somebody and Paul says God chose to, to make planters to, to give me something to do. He is something. That's where we should be. So what he's saying is, you know, folks, Apollos and Paul, when they're talking about each other, we're not competitors. We're in this thing together. Each of us a different task to do. And you know what? We'll get our rewards from him, not from you. It doesn't make any difference what other people think, does it? God's the one that rewards us because we're following him in the center of his will. It's his plan, not ours. Verse 8. He who plants and he who waters are equal. said, are one. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his wages, his reward, according to his labor. Pauls and I may work differently and so d- different tasks, but only God can reveal the hidden purpose of the heart. Leave all the value judging to him. Not to anybody else. It's his plan, his work. And you know what? It's his call. Verse 9. For you are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Huh? You know what? You're workers on the farm. You're out in the fields. And you're also the barn. for everything that God's doing. So look. To sum all this up, I hope that you'll go back and you'll read through this, what we said here this morning, with what we said here this morning. It's all God's, and we are His. And He's put us all here for a reason. Why is there pride and boasting and and jealousy and strife in Corinth? Why is there here in our culture? Because we're not going to the biblical God. (laughs) We're not going to the God of the Bible. We're trying to do it ourselves. We're putting man where God belongs. And you know what? When we do that, we don't get to see his sovereignty. God is the only one in charge. And the same sovereign God has put everyone here this morning. I don't think there's a person here this morning that God is surprised. Do you? Every one of us have been called by God. And everyone here this morning has a purpose in God's plan. Yours is different than mine. Yours is yours and yours and everybody's is different. But you know what? We're all here together, are we not? And we're here according to his plan to serve our sovereign God. I don't know how much longer any of us will be here. Maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe hours, maybe years, maybe decades, I don't know. But we are all here now and we're here for a reason. And we're all here together. God has brought us together for that. We can't just sit and wait. He's commanded us to make disciples of all people groups all around us, and they're all around us now. We don't have to go overseas anymore. He said, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. That means totally immersing them, not squirting them with water. It means totally immersing them in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. teaching them to observe all that Jesus commanded. Which is where? Right here. And he says, Look, I will be with you to the end of the age. Look to Jesus, he's with us always. All that matters in a very short time to everybody is God. you know what, if you receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, will you speak up and not be quiet out in the culture, out in the workplace, in your family, wherever you are? Tell them about God who's in charge of it all. We're not. God is. Will you speak up? Will you show them God in you through Jesus Christ? Will you, are you willing to every day put on the full armor of God which includes His Word and stand firm and not be moved by all of this flood of stuff around us that's just pure noise? He's put us here for that. God has given you the gift of salvation. If you received Jesus Christ into your heart and you know him and you love him and that love being renewed, like we said this morning, is it not? Yeah. He shows us that he is love all the time. If that's you, then will you tell people about it? Because I'm to tell you, folks, we walk among a lot of people who don't know Jesus. They're all around us. And they're the ones who are being influenced by all this noise all around us. But we have life in us, don't we? Tell them about Jesus. Show them Jesus. And you know what? If you think you're not doing a good job, bring them back here to the church family. We'll show them together, won't we? Yeah, will we? Good. You know what? Will you do that this week? Will you do that as you walk? as every step? You know, we're supposed to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus daily. That's Luke 9.23. Jesus said that. Would you do that every day? Would you put on the full armor of God every day? As we go out and walk among them? You're a vessel of living water. Would you spread the seed that Jesus has given us, that God has given us? Spread the seed. You're the water. And you know what? You plant the seed and do the water. God grows it. Amen. Amen. Lord, here we are, your people, with your word and you in our presence all day long, all the time for eternity. Lord, you show us your love, your, your majesty, your greatness. Your You know everything. You are everything. We just sing all of that to you. And yet, Lord every person here you've died for because of your great love. Oh, Lord, I pray that we share that as a body of believers, all of us in lockstep, as individuals, because you live in us and the world needs to know. Lord, may we live each and every day for your glory and according to your sovereign plan that you've included us in your precious name we ask and pray Amen Amen. if what I've said here this morning you know sounds strange to you or you feel uncomfortable with um, let me assure you that everything we said here is true because the word comes from God if that doesn't ring true in your heart, but you feel uncomfortable. Let me tell you why. It's because you're here in God's presence. And He's the one that has drawn everyone here this morning that is here. So if you've never responded to Him, I encourage you. I would t- say to you this morning, respond to God. Let Him come in. Through Jesus Christ, His Son, who died for your sins, respond to Him. And live your life in eternal glory with Him. If that doesn't make any sense, or if that that's something you want to know more about, please come. I'll be glad to tell you all about that, because He's not surprised that you're here today. Let's 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 sing and and, and pray and come as the Lord leads you to respond to Him in His order this morning.
1: Uh, We're going to start we have a, a new song this morning, but this is our time where we invite those who. Built in Christ, who have a chance to to accept Him in your hearts, He wants to call you now, and uh, we know from all that God reigns, God does, and as He's growing, He's uh, bringing more and more people to Christ. And this song is about that. Uh, How all of us who, wherever we come from, uh, whatever we've done, that that God is, uh, God's salvation is there for us in in His promise, and that He's a Leading us through in the next step, so you all can stand and sing together. If you don't, go ahead and sing out. If you don't, we'll sing the chorus enough time to catch on. So, yeah. all right.
0: Respond to him, though. Respond to him as the Lord
2: leads you.
1: And
2: one, two. There's got to be more go going back and forth, doing right, doing wrong. Do
3: Did you hear Pat this morning playing during communion? Hallelujah, amen. Thine be the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Revive us again. Hallelujah, amen. And then we sang. Ah, uh, all of a sudden that grew up boy. But we were singing, I'll cling to that old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. And then one of my all-time favorites, How Great Thou Art. Did you ever walk through the forest and look at the beauty, the magnificence? Walk through the prairie. Across the desert at night how great how great is our God and I'd just like to throw in one that we didn't sing this morning but I think it's so so apropos here it simply says I gave I gave my life for you what hast thou given for me What have we got? What have we got that God needs? Only one thing he really wants from you. Yeah, he'd like for you to present your token so that this church can stay open and that we can reach out to people. But the main gift that you have to give to God is your love. That's what he really wants from you. Because, man, there ain't no way that we can repay God for what he's done for us. So let us humbly bring to him a token of our appreciation, and he will totally understand that you're expressing your love for him. Let us go to him now in prayer. Father, we humbly lay before you these small tokens, these small gifts, as a symbol of our love for you. Please accept them and bless them. Please lead us and guide us that we might follow your great commission to take your word and to carry it all into the world. And Essex, Maryland, is a part of that world, Father. And oh, it needs you. How bad it needs you. Enable us, Father. Bless us and convict us as we bring those these gifts to you now. For in the name of your Son Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we pray. Amen. it
1: would be a privilege to come up and pray. Um, And lead us all in prayer together in the morning. It's a wonderful thing to go to God. We do try to do it as many times as we can do in our worship, but, I mean, it really should be all the time that we're looking at Him and praying to the Lord and just thanking Him for the life that He's given us and and, uh, praising Him and also knowing that He can do anything, which is why when we pray together that we uh, lift up requests to Him because we know that He's all-powerful and that He is the God that created the universe. And in doing that, He can do all things. The scripture tells us. Uh, so we pray together this morning. Just go to, go to God, and, and as we have been all morning long, just continue to just lift up your heart. and Mind you, that's what He wants. He wants every one of you, every one of us here, as uh, His children, and we're stronger as a body when we're praying together. So uh, let's bow to the Father in prayer this morning and uh, lift our hearts up to Him. Father, we are we are Yours, one hundred percent. Lord, You made us. You knew us before we were born. And um, it's just an incredible thing to walk in your light, in your presence, every day, every step of the way. And regardless of whether things are going well or whether things look pretty dark and bleak, that you're still there in the midst of it. It's part of your plan, and Lord, we want to find solace in in your glory. And that this is this is your world, and and the lives that we live are all yours. And in the end, it's it's all about you. Where you are in your glory, Lord, we just praise you for that. We praise you for for, for being who you are, uh, showing yourself to us, for caring about us to to point us in the right direction, to, to help us find you, Lord. You didn't just You didn't just take us and and make us yours and make us perfect and a part of who you are, but Lord, you actually created us and in the sin that that we live in that. You created created a way through your Son for us to know you and have you live in us every minute of the day. Lord, we just thank you for that so much. We want to ask you that in any way that we turned against you, if we turned away from what you taught us, that Lord, please forgive us and keep showing us who you are on that path. And uh, Lord, in all that we have uh, uh, people that we want to lift up to you because we know that you can do all things. Jerry says is asking us to pray for uh, his wife Pat and she's still going through health problems with her heart and her breathing and Lord uh, know that when someone's unhealthy like that it's very difficult uh, and it's difficult for a spouse and for uh, the people who are in this alone we just want to pray for Pat and pray for Jerry and Lord please be in their hearts and, and uh, please Lord help her body if you can heal her body and just also be with her soul and give her your presence and just help her heal and and knowing who you are Lord we also want to pray for uh, Kenneth Wheeler who's also having uh, uh, health issues as a a friend of Jerry's as well Lord we want to pray the same for him just as we're praying for Pat um, that you'll be with him please help ease his pain as he's going through these breathing issues and and help them know who you are in the midst of all of it that you have the power that you have the strength to do all things we also want to pray for the degelius and the Benedict family uh, very close friends of Sandy uh, uh, one of her uh, uh, best friend's mother passed away Sharon Lord, we just want to pray for that whole family as um, Sharon has, has moved on from this world Lord. we pray that she had known you and that those who, who, who love her, who care about her, would take this time to, as they're, as they're grieving, that those around them would, would comfort them and, and show them how much they care and in the same, show them who you are by caring for them. This is uh, in this very difficult time. We know that in tough times that you show yourself and that we find you. And Lord, we pray that, that can, you could do the same for Sharon's family um, as she has passed on. We also want to pray for our uh, sister in Christ, Cindy Meyer. Um, She's having some difficulty right now just understanding what's going on in her life and knowing what what to do next. we know that you're the guy. You've already laid out the plan. You give us our... uh, You you let our steps out in front of us and and as long as we turn to you and pray to you and and love you every day that you do that for us. when we pray for Cindy that She'll find you in that, that us, all of us around her would love her and just show her your grace and peace in the midst of the turmoil that's going on in her mind and heart. Lord, please be in her heart, fill her with the Holy Spirit, and show her who you are. And she knows that she doesn't have to worry because you're there to care and to love. Lord, we want to pray for Bill White as well, who's uh, uh, Joanne's son who has some uh, issues with vertigo. And uh, we know it's troubling when you can't quite think straight or you'll lose your time uh, difficult to work Lord we pray that you just be with Bill as he's um, suffering through this Lord we pray that you ease him through it that you help give him calm as he's uh, uh, trying to keep things uh, trying to keep things up to speed as uh, we know that, Lord we just pray that you be with him and, and show him who you are in the midst of this and uh, we also want to pray for um uh, uh Mary Morales Senior, uh who has uh, some health reasons. Uh this is uh uh, it's, uh Karen's father and just we pray that um Lord to see so through these health issues that those around him would care for him and love him and, and uh, show him who you are and Lord please help ease his pain, his uh suffering there in the process we know who to show him who you, who you are. And so we continue to pray for all of these people that they would know you and love you and just be a part of your kingdom now and then um, beyond this uh, world. And we also want to pray for the Winter um, and the Morales families too. we um, are just praying that they can turn to you, and, Lord. Again, we're just praying for this over to them. We'll pray for Karen and Lee and the children that they'll just know you every single second of the day, that everything that they do. Whatever we do, word or deed, we do it all for the glory of God and go to you. And Lord, we pray that for all of us as a church, that if we wake up in the morning, the first thing we do is turn to you. to say hello. And ask you for your guidance and, and praise you for who you are. And Lord, we pray that we do that for each other and remind each other all week long that that's what we're here for. Thank you, Lord. And we uh, pray together this morning as one body. We lift up our voice to you as we have. And uh, just uh, pray to you, the prayer that you taught us, which sums it all up on who you are and, and, and why you're here. We pray that together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power in the glory. Amen.
0: Thank you, Lord. As you leave this morning, Share, share Christ with somebody this week, will you? If it's just about how you live, go in His peace knowing that He loves you and tell the world about it. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for being here this morning.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's good.